single Saturday on these airwaves. Usually, something new. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! As you were said, Livingston, Bushdeen, Los Banas, and Atwater. To all the six incorporated cities. Did I miss one? I probably did. Oh, let's see. What are we going to go out of this segment with? So many songs, so many choices. Luna's library here. Yeah, this is a country. Country, baby. One of our stations. You know, we have six stations here. I am just one of them. K-Y-O-S. We did a wonderful company-wide video this week. Oh, welcome to the show, Citizen Watch. Did I say that already? Today is Saturday, January 9th, 2021. The first full week of the month. Doesn't it seem like we're back to normal? Finally, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not so much after Wednesday. I don't know. Hey, here we are. Uh, oh, again, the first full week. I appreciate everybody putting up with the best of. Listening to the Mike Murphy interview last weekend. What did we do the week before? I don't know. Something. But again, you know, it's that it's the vacation time of year. You know how many people took off out of town, rented the house by the by the coast? Quite a few. I wasn't invited, but it was it was a great time had by all. I stuck here in the valley. And uh, the weather, I'll tell you, it's really been nice. Getting a lot done. This this next week, it's going to be warm, folks. I warm relatively speaking for January. Above 60, 62, 63, 5 degrees. Is it going to get to 70? I don't know. Time to start planting the garden. It's hard to believe. Definitely need to start pruning the rose bushes. I think spring's going to be in the air sooner than later. We talked about water in the 6 a.m. hour. Appreciate everybody. If you didn't listen to that, you can go and hit that on our website. 1480kyos.com. The podcast banner. Click on that. Tab down. There they all are. Hundred and was a lot of shows. A lot of shows. I think we're up to 150... Oh, let me see. What will this one be? One something? I don't know. 156, 160. I don't know what it's going to be. 156. Looks like it'll be 157 shows up there. If that doesn't put you to sleep, I don't know what will. It's like Dr. Gomes on steroids for Dr. Somonex, as we officially called him. What has he been doing lately? We talked to Dr. Teachin on another show, Community Conversations. That comes on every Saturday, 7, 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. Roger Wood, six great episodes of... We used to say what's going on in the community, but not much. Because of the... Uh, well, as far as events. You know, fundraising events. The remember, remember when we used to have shrimp feeds and crab feeds and all of the fun things we used to do, the Chiapino dinners, the, the, the... You know, all of the... When are we going to get back to that? When are we going to get back to that? The vaccine is here, but nobody wants to take it. I think it's so funny. You know, when uh, California, always being a leader, you know, a leader in everything, biotech, uh, biotech, not, uh, they have not shied away from that. As you remember years ago, I don't know if people remember stem cell technology, somewhat controversial where they get stem cells from, at least where they used to. I think they've found other places to harvest these things from, but it used to be from aborted fetuses. 
And there was a current administration, the administration way back when, the Bush administration, uh, put a ban on stem cell research. And so California, not wanting to comply with anything federal, went on it alone and passed a a proposition, I can't remember the name of it now, to basically fund stem cell research at the state level uh, via the taxpayer, which shouldn't surprise California taxpayers. So we've always been, you know, ahead of the game when it comes to biotech research. You know, we, we know best. And I remember when the vaccine was uh, rolling out at Project Warp Speed, there was a concern of the governor, hey, 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 we're going to you know, we're going to make sure this thing is safe. You know, Trump developed it. The admit, I, I'm not sure. Can we trust them? You know, we're going to do our own vetting process. And I don't know if that put doubt into people's minds or whatever, but here in California, can you believe it? Half. 50%. That's easy for my MCOE math. 50% of the people don't want to take the vaccine. And we're talking right now, my friends, the first responders, the frontline workers, those that the most vulnerable. Now, I don't know if grandma in the nursing home, if they slip it in with the the applesauce or not, but 50%, 40 to 50% uh, rejection rate. In other words, uh, not me. Go ahead and give it to my, you can give it to my partner. You can give it to the third shift, but uh, we'll pass, which is interesting, isn't it? Trust, distrust in the community, even among the medical community here in California that seems to be so enlightened for so many years on so many different things now can't even get the vaccine into the arms of the people it should be because, well, they don't want it. And it's a personal decision. And where is that going to go? Are you going to have to have a certificate of vaccination? Are you going to have to show your antibodies? I mean, they can scan you and see everything else. Can they see your antibodies hanging in there? I don't know. Folks that have had the uh, covid have antibodies and they're being told to get the shot anyway because we don't know how long the antibodies last we've heard eight months well how long's the pandemic been going on for and yet this shot that came out at warp speed is uh now uh, hitting being the brakes are being hit on it people don't want to take it so really really interesting what's going on with that because we got to get back to normal my whole point was this, is we have no, uh, or what started this is, you know, we've had no events, no shrimp feeds, no crab feeds, no rubber chicken circuit, nothing, nothing. No fundraisers, no horses, no uh, betting, no gambling, no, you know, buy the drink tickets, uh, the raffle, the silent auction, you know, outbid your buddy. <laughs> we've had none of that. And when are we going to get back to normal? The fairgrounds, no revenue, no revenue. And now what did the board of supervisors do this week? This past week, we're, we're going to forgive the uh, business license fees, the, you know, those fees and stuff for a year. So, I, you know, they're trying to give you a little help. Of course, the new administration, who knows, you know, help is on the way. Uncle Joe, the office of the president-elect, uh, they, they've indicated that uh, there will be help coming. That was just a down payment, the 600 Don't worry, more is coming. But who's going to pay for that? Isn't, isn't government taxpayer funded? I thought it was. One of the things that was disappointing to see that was a casualty of the COVID crisis, a casualty of uh, not being able to go forward is the Los Banas Spring Fair. Did you know that? Have people heard that yet? They transferred, I think, $120,000, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, the budget, the county budget, over to the Los Banas Spring Fair folks for their 2021 expenses. Because, again, you know, without... 
the fare. You can imagine the revenues that brings in. And the reason they had to cancel it early is because we're an agricultural community. I don't know if folks realize that or not. We spent the first hour of today, the 6 o'clock hour, talking about that and what water means to us, literally our lifeblood and the lack of it, what that's going to do to our lifeblood. And the problem with having the fare uh, when it is and the potential of the COVID crisis still being very much a factor is you, know, you have a lot of young people that get animals. If you know anything about animal husbandry, they don't, they don't show up in the store all cut and wrapped. They start out as a little, little embryo and, and grow and you nurse it. And it's, it's just so uh, touching to watch what these young people do, these future farmers, the 4-Hers, the folks that are interested in, in animals, interested in agriculture, interested in ranching and farming, what they do for almost a year raising these animals and getting them ready for the judging and things. We saw last year the struggles, the virtual auction, the things that tried to salvage the season. And it's, it was just decided in Las Manas to, to just cancel it. Cancel it now because it, it really is about the kids, the young people, uh, the families, the farming families that are trying to maintain our tradition. So it's just a very, 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 very sad, sad thing. And again, when you see the reluctance of people to take on the vaccine uh, to get us out of this deal, well, then it makes you wonder where we really are headed. I've heard, I don't know if it's true, that we have to get 70% of the people vaccinated. Uh, the other 30%, I guess, will be covered with the umbrella coverage because of the, the number of antibody, people with antibodies out there. But again, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Is it going to be mass forever? Is it going to be a takeout, you know, eating out of styrofoam? I, I just don't get this. So at some point, we're going to have to make a decision how we, how we proceed. You know, there was kind of a... Oh, uh, let's see. I'll save that for later. Uh, there was a murder here in Merced at a transient camp. Turns out it was a well. It turns out it was a murder. It first came out as a dead body in a in the rubble of uh, a transient camp over there off of Bear Creek Highway 99, kind of where the creek runs underneath Highway 99. It's been a problem for years and years. They've kind of moved them around over there, over there behind the old Hyundai building. And there was a fire uh, two Fridays ago that uh, was started early in the morning. And after they got it all mopped up, they found out there was human remains in the tall grass. Turns out it was a homicide. Now, how they determined that, I don't know. I don't believe the victim's name has been released. I would assume it was one of the homeless folks, uh, the many homeless folks that we have here in town. But a homicide, the killing is very disturbing, a natural death, a drug overdose, uh, people walking onto the tracks while, you know, un, you know, just horrific ways to go. You you you, you see that uh, you really haven't seen a lot of homicides in the camps, and I, I hope we don't have a a problem uh, over there with uh, some sort of serial murder, or, uh, you know, an unknown assailant here in our homeless community. And that really brings the point of when are we going to have the navigation center in place? This is something that we've been uh, told it was going to be done by the end of the year, but now with the COVID situation, I don't even know if you can put folks in a navigation center because of the close proximity over there. They're building it over off of uh, B Street there by Childs, which will be, uh, Childs and B actually will be a, 
a huge facility someday whenever they break ground on that. It's going to have its own electric bus. But the navigation center is just about done, I believe. Uh, the, the, the containers are all there. The air conditioning, all of the uh, mechanical systems look like they've been installed. So I, th I think this situation that happened along the creek bank is uh, something that's indicative of Merced for a long time. Not just the city of Merced, but in the county. We have to get these folks off of the waterways, the byways, the trash that they generate. I read somewhere on one of the Facebook posts by the city, the DART team, the Disruptive Area Response Team, has been responsible for picking up 17 tons worth of trash. Now, you know, I appreciate the police department and all they do, but I don't think they should be out there picking up 17 and a half tons of trash from, from uh, that's been I illegally dumped. I, I would like to think that you could ticket or cite or somehow prevent the trash from being collected in those places by moving the folks on, getting them the help, the services we've talked about. We've talked about these psychological services, the, you know, the velvet glove approach, the uh, no enforcement. There's nowhere to put these folks as far as jail or any kind of incarceration. So you're really trying to get voluntary compliance, but to allow the police department to have to, you know, to pick up 17 tons of trash, I don't consider that an accomplishment. I, I'm sure the area looked better, but it's kind of a failure in my mind that they had to do it in the first place. And then we hear about a homicide in these homeless camps where services are offered. We have hotel, uh, what, Project Room Key, all of these resources that are available. Uh, the rescue mission, they just broke ground on a, a respite center. So very, very disappointing uh, to see about this homicide in the, in the tall grass over there along the creek. And I hope they find out who did it. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't continue because we don't need that kind of stuff going on. We just got over a, uh, a huge uh, murder rate. After, what, five years ago, we, we led, the, led the state in the per capita homicide rate. We don't need to go backwards, especially with the money that we can uh, contribute or put towards homelessness. Millions of dollars, six million plus over there at the uh, Navigation Center. Well, look, we're out of time for this segment. First segment goes quick, 8 o'clock hour. We'll be back. Two more. Hang in there. Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. You know, I was uh, starting to tell you about how we did a video here for the company. All of us got to appear with our various stations. It was a lot of fun. We're owned by a huge, huge conglomerate. No, it's a privately owned company out of Tulsa, SMG National. And all of the, uh, oh, I don't know what you call them, clusters. <laughs> Oh, don't let me go on with that. Anyway, all of the clusters have been tasked with doing a little video presentation. What are we doing here? Oh, country boy song. 
Got the country CD this morning. Anyway, uh, we had to do a little video vignette. 12 minutes of just heaven. We all watched it yesterday along with the rest of the captive audience at our group. It was just a lot of fun. And uh, anyway, just I don't know why I mentioned that to folks. Uh, we, we were visual. You know, usually we're a auditory medium. So to see us all on tape was amazing. And the people that did the, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who helped us, but Thank you very much. Editing skills, uh, just unbelievable. Really looked good. Really, really looked good. You know, something funny the other day, I noticed I was over there at the Yum Yum Donuts. I won't tell you why, but it had something to do with donuts. Anyway, uh, over there off of G Street, right next to them, as you park in front, between the liquor store and Yum Yum, there's a business or a, 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 you know, a space, and it's occupied by a church, and it's called The Door Church. You know, which, you, you know, you come through the door, you know, uh, heaven, I don't know. Anyway, it's called the Door Church. And there's two doors. And on the one door closest to Yum Yum, it says, use other door. And I just found that somewhat humorous, somewhat funny, when you have a church with two doors called the Door Church. Don't use this door. Use this door, which you don't want to go to the wrong place, right? That's the, that's the whole key about that. Hey, you know, there is uh, sad things that go on in our community. And uh, there's folks that pass away all the time. We don't have the time, unfortunately, to acknowledge all of the good folks, the good citizens of Merced, the residents of Merced that move on. But there's one that I do want to talk about. And he was a friend of mine. I used to, when we had a coffee group before the COVID crisis, we would meet almost every day during the week and have a cup of coffee and kind of get the day started, a little fellowship. And Frank Muratori was one of those people that was with our group for many, many years, even before I got there. And I will read from his, he passed away. And it's a very sad thing. And I want to read from his obituary. Frank passed away peacefully at home, surrounded by a loving family on December 24, 2020. Following a brief illness of cancer, Frank was born in Merced on September 18, 1934, to Italian immigrants, John and Dominica Muratori. They spoke only uh, Piumanites at home, so they sent him to kindergarten to learn English, which helped him get a better start in school. At Merced High School, he enjoyed playing drum in the school band. After graduating in 1952, he went to Fresno State College to study engineering. During that time, he also benefited as a technical student with the Southern Pacific Railroad. He graduated from Fresno State in 1957 with a B.S. degree in engineering and an Air Force ROTC commission. He reported for Air Force duty on August of 57, was selected for advanced study at Stanford University where he earned an M.S. degree in civil engineering. From there, his career as a civil engineer, as a civil engineering officer took him to bases across the United States, South Korea, the Philippines, and Japan. While at Whitman Air Force Base in Missouri, he met Jeanette Morris, an Air Force nurse whom he married in 1967. His last duty station was at Kadena Air Force Base, Okinawa, Japan, where he received recognition by the naming of a new street at the base as Merced Street. His military awards included the Meritorious Service Medal, Air Force Accommodation Medal, and Air Force Outstanding Unit Award. He was proud of his 22 years of dedicated service, retired as a lieutenant colonel, and returned with his family to Merced. He started anew as an assistant engineer for the city of Turlock, which suited him well. In 1987, he transferred to Merced County Public Works, where he took over the Solid Waste Division. There, he took the lead on expanding the Highway 59 landfill site. At the same time, 
he enjoyed maintaining his family's almond orchard. In the Merced area, he was an active member of the local branch of the Italian Catholic Federation and of the Itlo American Lodge, serving as president of both. He was also a life member of the American Legion and the Knights of Columbus and an active member of the Merced County Historical Society. He kept himself healthy and fit by taking daily fitness classes and hiking. Other interests include travel, especially to Italy, music including strumming ukulele and line dancing, and working with his wife on family reunion picnics and other projects. He was proud of his family and Italian heritage and a faithful parishioner at St. Patrick's Catholic Church where he actively served in multiple roles. Frank had a clear sense of duty and service to his country, his family, and his community. He had a quiet determination and was friendly, caring, and helpful. Along with that, he was grateful for all of the opportunities and support he received over the years. Frank is survived by his wife of 53 years, Jeanette, his son, Jonna, his wife, Deanna, and grandson, Lionel Francesco, his daughter, Lisa, husband, Robert Beck, Beckelheimer, his sister, Joanne, David Arata, numerous cousins, nieces, and nephews. In lieu of flowers, donations may be made to the Itlo American Lodge Scholarship Fund, the Merced Theater Foundation, Heinz Hospice, or St. Patrick's Catholic Church. The family wishes to thank all those who sent cards and kept Frank in their thoughts and prayers over the last month. Private burial will be with military honors at the San Joaquin Valley National Cemetery sometime this month. A memorial mass will be held at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Merced at a later date in 2021. So, a good friend, Frank Miratori, the Miratori family, well known here in the Merced County area, uh, scions in the community, and Frank was one of them. He was just a great guy, so soft-spoken, so friendly. We called him Father Frank. He was a true ambassador, uh, a great mediator, a great person to get advice from, and I'm really going to miss him. And our Citizen Watch condolences go out to his family. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Atwater City Council meeting that's coming up Monday night. We'll talk about the Merced City Council meeting that happened last Monday night. Also, the Board of Supervisors, they had a meeting but I wanted to talk a little bit about the Outwater City Council meeting that's coming up on the 11th. Is that right? Yeah, Monday the 11th, January 2021. Uh, it's pretty close. Well, you know, they've only had one council meeting in the last two months. Uh, they had a, I don't know, an edict, a, a resolution years ago to save some money because it costs a lot of money for these folks to come to the council meetings uh, to just have one in November and one in December. So they've only had two the last two months. So the first one they've had in the new year will be coming up on Monday. They have called a special meeting for 9 o'clock in the morning. This was called back on, well, Friday, just yesterday. They have to give you, I think, 24-hour notice or 48-hour notice, which it qualified. But uh, the special meeting, really nothing spectacular that I can see on the agenda. Now, I don't know if something will be brought up. But on the agenda, it basically is uh, going over the duties and responsibilities for the new council members, uh, which there are, I believe, just one. Uh, John Cale was re-elected. I forget what district he represents. I'm not as familiar with the Atwater districts as I, well, I'm not really familiar with Merced that many, but there's five, uh, what, six districts in Merced and and uh, four districts in Atwater plus the mayor. Anyway, uh, John Cale was re-elected and then uh, another gentleman, I forget his name right now. So they're going to have a mock council meeting, kind of a, a dry run, if you will, 
9 o'clock on Monday morning for the new Atwater City Council seating arrangement. Kind of get used to everything before the real meeting at 6 o'clock, the official meeting, 6 o'clock on Monday night. Now, I believe, unlike Merced, you can still go to the Atwater City Council meeting. I didn't see anything in the agenda precluding people from that. It's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, minimal agenda, not a lot going on. One of the things they're going to do in the closed session is negotiate with the PD officers and a division of AFSME. This is the American Federation of State and Municipal Employees. I don't know what bargaining unit it is, but I know over the months, the years, uh, one of the uh, reps, the uh, shop steward, whoever, she stands up every once in a while when they start talking about cutting hours or privatizing things. So this is where they go in and make their pitch for more money or more benefits or whatever. Of course, the police department, as you know, uh, Atwater's lucky to have a police department with some of the fund deficits they've occurred, uh, some of the things they have to take care of. It'll be interesting to see, but their officers are going in there for some negotiation. Ah, what else? What else? There's a piece of property that the city of Atwater is going to sell to an individual. It's uh, four acres over there by Bell Avenue and Truckee Court. I'm not sure if it's actually on one of those streets or just in the area. It's a zoned as a business park commercial area. Uh, again, $450,000 they're going to get from that. This is evidently a piece of property that the city acquired or somehow bought through the RDA, the redevelopment agency that we used to have in all municipalities years ago that was dissolved, boy, I think it was back in 2012, going on 10 years now, that RDA has not been around. This is money we used to send to Sacramento, and they would graciously give us a percentage of it back to build projects. A lot of great projects were built with RDA. And, of course, there was property bought in anticipation of building more projects, and one of them was this property, I believe. So now they're going to sell about four acres for $450,000, which my MCOE math tells me that's almost $100,000 per acre. So I don't know if that's a good or bad return, but it, it is what it is. The money can only be used. Here's the interesting thing. The money can only be used for affordable housing. Now, that is a relative term, my friends, because when you look at what an affordable house costs, what a unit of affordable housing costs, well, it's astronomical. The Childs and B project that I mentioned in the first segment uh, regarding homelessness, $650,000 a unit uh, average, which is just incredible. I don't know what the average bed over there at the Navigation Center is costing. I believe it was $250,000 a bed when you divide the cost of the facility into the number of beds. And then, of course, the operational cost. Don't even get me started on that. So when we say affordable housing, that's a relative term. So the sale of four acres will give the city of Atwater uh, maybe a, a two-thirds of a unit based on the prevailing cost. And this is the devil in the details. You've seen a lot of talk, especially from the new mayor, Merced, trying to trot out maybe the idea of the tiny home, the you know, live in a uh, little log cabin the uh, with the storage shed, the tough shed, the, you know, they drop the snowball on it, it doesn't crush, that kind of thing. The tiny home, they've seen that. Problem is, these are built at union prevailing wage uh, labor rates, and they end up costing $125,000, $130,000 for a, you know, a 60-square-foot footprint or something. It's just, it's just incredible. So we have to get these costs down, and everybody realizes it, but what are we going to do about it? really need to let market forces come in, I think, and build some of this affordable housing. It's unfortunate that this four acres couldn't have been used for affordable housing. It's almost to the point 
where that's why people are camping out on these vacant lots because we can't afford to build it. Maybe the city of Atwater would have been, well, that wouldn't have been a good idea, would it, to just let people camp out on public land? I mean, they're not doing that now over there, so we shouldn't condone that. But it just goes to highlight the problem, how expensive affordable housing is, and really uh, the word affordable housing, I, I don't even know if you can use that anymore because it's not who can go out, what family, husband and wife working, and you know maybe one or two kids uh, off in the future, can go out and encumber themselves $650,000 for a home. It just doesn't happen. And we have to get affordable housing way below market rate. And when it's twice above market rate, well, that's definitely going in the wrong direction. I think everybody everybody would agree. We'll cover more of the Outwater City Council meeting and what's going to be talked about on Monday night, also what happened at the Merced City Council meeting last week. Uh, well, I guess two weeks ago, wasn't it? No, it was last week. Fourth. Hey, I get, I get, it's a new calendar. Dave got a new calendar. Hey, we're out of time for the uh, second segment, 8 a.m. hour, Citizen Watch. We'll be right back after the break. Stick with us. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I catch bass and cats with a rod and reel. Kill bucks from the top of a windmill all day long. This is the Country Boy song. I fix the tree, whittle sticks My barbed wire tattoo gets me chicks uh-huh. Of course it goes all the way around I keep a 12 gauge by my waterbed Cause the next trailer over lives a meth head uh-huh. And that ain't biscuits he's cooking Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM KYOS. Here in just everyday America. Aren't we all? Yeah. Everyday America, my friends. I don't know. I don't know. Here we are. Hey, uh, third and final segment. Eight o'clock hour of Citizen Watch. July 9th. July. <laughs> Let's try it again. January 9th, 2021. I saw a J. Hey. little dyslexic. I'll be the first to admit it. Okay. So here we are. We did that. We did that. I have to check these things off. We were talking about... The Outwater City Council meeting coming. Okay, here, one more COVID-19 joke. Happy hour is starting earlier and earlier. If this keeps up, I'll be pouring wine in my cereal. <laughs> uh, this, I, told this at a, I told this at my poker game this week, and nobody got it. I go, hey, is anyone else's car getting three weeks to the gallon at the moment? I mean, some people, they just aren't driving. I'll tell you, my gas consumption has gone down. I'll tell you what's really hurt. Uh, the production of ethanol. Con liquor putting in your tank because they blend that and they need to have a lot of gas being used to blend it and it's not being used and the ethanol industry is is on the rocks 
as is a lot of agriculture with the supply chains being disrupted. It was interesting to hear the milk advisory guy, Mr. Migliazzo, uh, Dante, great, great dairy they have here in town, award-winning dairy, let me tell you. You want good milk. And he was indicating that uh, a third of California's production is domestic here in the state. A third is uh, nationwide. And the other third is overseas. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what, what? I didn't know we were, you know, powders and things. No, they've got liquid milk that can withstand 90 days. Now, I'd like to try some of that maybe once, but uh, 90 day shelf life, liquid milk, and people in other countries just love liquid milk. You know, realize they get a lot of powders. If anything comes to the United States, you know, we condense it, reduce it, mix it with the water over there, and it just ain't the same. So if you can keep it in its liquid form and get it to the markets, and that's one of the problems. That's why dairy is so regional, because it's a perishable commodity. You know, it only goes so far, the milk and the cows and blah, 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 you know, where to grow them and happy cows, all that. So anyway, to hear that we are shipping liquid milk to places like Greece, other countries that don't have the ability to have those uh, commodities, just absolutely wonderful. Absolutely uh, wunderbar. So uh, another great, uh, I don't know how we got off on that subject about milk. Let me go on with the Atwater City Council meeting that is happening Monday night, the 11th. It's going to start over there at 6 o'clock. We were talking about selling some property and quote-unquote affordable housing. Kind of got off on that tangent, what it costs for affordable housing. A couple of other issues on the agenda over there at uh, Atwater, is extending Lori Waterman's contract. She's the city manager. Hard to believe she's been in the saddle three years already. Uh, But going through the staff report, her contract comes up at the end uh, sometime this year. Sometime in 2021. Also kind of tying in this at the hip is uh, Michael J. Salvador, the police chief, that he has been over there three years, well, in February of 2022, It will have been three years, and they want to uh, align the end of these contracts with 12 of 2023, basically December at the end of, well, what, two years from now? Let's see, 21, 22. Yeah, so basically three more, uh, three-year extensions, three more years, three more years, you know, not four more years, three more years. Oh, I don't know why 2023, maybe 2024, something happens. But uh, it shows stability. It shows that, hey, we know who our top management is. We know what we're going to be paying. And really, I'll be honest with you folks, these guys aren't making a lot of money. When you look at some of the the wages that are being paid to some of the county folks, some of the city folks uh, here in Merced, the county of Merced, it, uh, they're, they're getting a deal over there in Atwater. They're getting a deal. They're operating on a shoestring. Not, and, and I think they're getting qualified folks. Let me just clarify that. I really like Chief Salvador. I think he came in a tremendously difficult situation. He came with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideas. And uh, you, can, you can do a lot of thinking on that commute. And Lori, as you know, uh, God bless her heart. She's gone through a lot, of, uh, a lot of difficulty here lately. And it's good to see that the stability is being shown to her for three more years. Uh, possibly beyond that. I know that, you know, people retire eventually. Uh, both these folks have been in city government uh, for a long time, but it's good to see that Atwater is giving 
uh, that stability to the management positions. And again, these are not extravagant uh, wages by any means of the imagination. We hear so often that we have to uh, offer these uh, high wages to attract qualified individuals. Well, let me tell you, my friends, uh, they're getting a deal over there in Atwater. You could buy four or five splash pads for what the uh, what they're paying these folks for the next three years. Let's see. What else? In the news of the ironic. Oh, yeah. So one of the, uh, and I pulled this, it's, uh, what is this item? I don't know. They don't do item numbers. But it's the, uh, they had an abatement of an illegal pot dispensary in uh, unlicensed cannabis business. What does it say? Uh, itemized report pursuant to Atwater Municipal Code, blah, 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 regarding the abatement of an unpermitted and unlicensed cannabis business in the city of Atwater. Now, I find that I chuckle because the whole city of Atwater, I think, is a cannabis business. There's not a, I think you can, I don't know how many they have. They were one of the first, as you know. And uh, they changed uh, up some of the ways they collected the money. You know, it was supposed to be, oh, I don't know, it was, excuse me, I didn't mean to get that. It was $10,000 a a month, and then it was uh, next year, it was 15 a month. I mean, a month. This is crazy. You can imagine a liquor store, a pawn shop trying to, you know, slice that off the top to the city. Just to, Of course, they were selling. What they were selling, I guess, is, is, the, uh, is, the, is the rub. It was very expensive. And they wanted to get this under control, and so they were very, uh, very uh, you know, what, progressive thinking, you know, forward thinking. They had all the, the designated areas. Well, this cat... Evidently, uh, I'll just read. In November of 2020, the Atwater Police Department Code Enforcement Unit became aware of a possible unpermitted and unlicensed cannabis operation at a certain location at APN number 056-330-036. Notice how they don't give the address. Which, you know, I, I, I understand it. Belonging to Albert J. Cisneros. On November 5th, 2020, right before Thanksgiving, the police department, along with its code enforcement unit, went to the location and discovered an integrated cannabis operation in full operation. This operation included volatile manufacturing, cultivation, and distribution. An investigation was conducted which yielded no valid state licenses or conditional use permits from the parcel or operation. The parcel operator and property owner were cited pursuant to the Outwater Municipal Code the cleanup and blight abatement consisted of a combined and coordinated interdepartmental effort. The project took several hours to successfully complete to meet the requirements, or excuse me, to meet the standards of the Atwater Municipal Code. The associated costs of the abatement of the property owned by Albert J. Cisneros require council to confirm the abatement cost in the form of an itemized report per section blah, 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 prior to exploring avenues of collection of these costs. I've got a I've got a couple of avenues. How about a lien on this cat's property? How about a fine? How about you you've got lots of avenues. But anyway, uh, just interesting to me that you know this guy decided to go with the uh, ask forgiveness or permission route. Let's ask forgiveness. I don't know if he's going to show up at this hearing to dispute these charges, but some of the charges are interesting. Let me read from the uh, from the breakdown here. This is the last page of the staff report for those that are interested in my research. 89 of 89 activity. 11-5-2020. This is when the activity happened. Police officer response. 27 hours. 27.6 hours at $144.76 an hour. Now, if I was Mr. Cisneros, I would ask uh, how many hours are in a day 
but I don't want to get, I don't want to get, use probably more than one officer, right? Even though they say police officer response, it was probably police response. The next charge, building official response. Two, uh, let's see, four hours at 122 bucks an hour. Code enforcement officer response, four hours at 66 bucks. Uh, police chief, they got Salvador out there. Four hours at 179 bucks an hour. Hoo chihuahua. Code enforcement officer meeting, 66 bucks an hour. Eh, that's pretty reasonable. Police chief meeting, another 179. Had another hour of the chief. The chief's time. You know that coffee with the chief? Just goes to show you, coffee ain't cheap. Maybe maybe the guy could have met at a coffee with the chief and saved himself an hour. City manager meeting, $169. So that lets you know what an hour of the city manager's time is. Community developed director meeting, $96.24. Man, that's almost 100 bucks an hour. City manager meeting, another one. Uh, police chief meeting. Ooh, another hour there for the for the chief. These are different days, 11-16. Code enforcement meeting, community development meeting. These were all on the 16th. And on the 30th, another meeting. City manager, police chief, code enforcement, community development, executive assistant. And then on the 3rd of December, hearing appearance, code enforcement, 66 bucks. Uh, I guess there was two of them. Oh, the executive assistant, $55. Postage, 28 bucks. The hearing officer fees, 275. Attorney's fees. Now, this is, thank God it's not Churchill White. It probably would have been 5,000 bucks. But this cat got away uh, for only 1,090 in attorney fees. Count yourself lucky. Total recoverable cost, $8,681.55. Which begs the question, how much weed did this guy sell? I mean, he's got the volatiles. That's the wax. That's the honey oil. That's the butter, the, the cream, the set. What is that? That's where, you know, the house blows up next to you because they forgot about the pilot light on the, on the, uh, on the water heater. So this cat is doing that. What is this? A full operation. Volatile manufacturing. Cultivation. That means he was growing it. That means he was growing it. Water, the, the power. I don't know. Was he? Okay. Distribution. What does that mean? Did he have the delivery business? Was there a little storefront? Was there a drive through window? So all this cat, all this guy, Mr. Cineros, APN number 56 that's 330-036, wherever that is in Atwater, $8,681.55. Hey, cost of doing business, right? Ask forgiveness or ask permission. The other thing on the Atwater City Council meeting agenda, I believe, is a discussion about allowing uh, pot places, uh, marijuana distributors, excuse me, cannabis, uh, cannabis. Isn't that what we say here in Merced? Cannabis. Call it cannabis, Casey. It's not weed. It's not pot. It's not, you know, dope. No, it's, it's cannabis. To allow cannabis in different areas of the city of Atwater. In other words, changing, changing the zoning ordinances. Because, man, if you can't find weed in Atwater now, well, we're going to help you out. We're going to make it a little easier. At least I think that's what the discussion is. We shall see. But I really hope that they go after these unlicensed businesses because it takes away from the folks that are trying to do it the right way, the systems that we've employed. Remember that? You know, we're going to legalize it. We're going to monetize it. We're going to tax it. Get rid of that black market. And here you got some cat in the middle of Atwater with the butane, the propane, the 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 mixane, the gas, the, the volatile. What's volatile? What the hell is volatile? That means boom, boom. The boom, boom. Okay. And they're only going to nick this guy 8,600 bucks. Of course, maybe he'll apply. Maybe, maybe he'll go the right way. You know, maybe he'll go the right way. I don't know. I don't know. Why didn't he get a license? They're so easy to get over there. 
They're easy to get. How many people have got a license, you know, promise to pay the ten, twenty thousand dollars a month, a week, a day, whatever it is, and then come back, hey man, I didn't sell, you know, the bags are a little short. Stuff was a little seedy, you know, we couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> Uh, everybody's just trying to get by. Hey, we're uh, we're out of time. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch. So happy. I couldn't do it without you. You know that, right? I'm Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. You mean everything to me. We'll see you later. Yeah.